Hello, I'm Laura Ellsworth, welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Dr. Rick Holm. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. With us today is Dr. Deb Johnston to answer your medical questions. Dr. Johnston's specialty is family medicine. She works with the Avera Medical Group Brookings and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Johnston. Good morning. It's great to be with everyone today. Thank you for being here. We are so excited about this COVID vaccine and the news about this. Do you want to tell us the latest about what it means for South Dakotans and uh, this this is just absolutely wonderful news this is a light at the end of our tunnel and I'm pretty sure our light is not a train so that's <laughs> that's good with 2020 the way it's been mm-hmm. you always have to ask that question is mm-hmm. this a light or is this a train coming at us mm-hmm. so I'm I'm very very excited about this in fact I am supposed to get my shot tomorrow and I wonderful. cannot wait yes wonderful so I think that this is this is going to be a really good thing a really big thing the first thing we're doing with the vaccine that we get we will be immunizing um, caregivers who have direct contact with COVID-19 patients, known COVID-19 patients, people who are actively involved in taking care of COVID-19 patients. Um, then my understanding is that we will be looking to immunize uh, people in long-term care uh, settings, so people in the nursing homes. And that's really important. You know, these these people may not respond as well to the vaccine as otherwise healthy younger people do, um, but anything we can do helps. We've mm-hmm. seen such huge death rates in that group, and it's just absolutely tragic for that community, for the people who love them, for the people who take care of them. So they will be next in line. And then we're going to be looking at immunizing people that are also in health care, but maybe don't have quite such an intense exposure to uh, COVID-19 patients um, who you know, may be contagious and and present a risk. So, and then it will go down the line from there. So we're still hopeful that we will have enough vaccine to be immunizing community members who are at higher risk, you know, maybe kind of later in the winter. So that would be people that are 65 and older, people who have underlying health conditions, such as that's a lot of people in the country. Right. Obesity, high blood pressure, um, kidney disease, lung disease. Uh, again, that's just an awful lot of people. And then hopefully it won't be that long before we're able to immunize anyone who wants one. Currently, the vaccine is approved for people 16 and over. Okay. Their trials are underway. There just wasn't enough data for kids to mm-hmm. say that people under 16 could get the could get the vaccine. I fully expect that data will be coming, and I fully expect that this will become a vaccine just like all the other vaccines that we recommend for people throughout their lifetimes. So that will come. We're just not there yet, um, but I'm extremely, extremely excited about this vaccine. 
Yeah, that's great news that tomorrow, tomorrow. <laughs> we'll have some, our first in Brookings will be yep. getting I, some. And it, there may have been a few people immunized already okay. through the hospital. I just okay. know that Thursday was the day I signed that up you for. That you got to. So, okay. Yes, that Wonderful. I get to get it. So Now, I understand it's a two-shot process. Yes. You get some immunity from the first. Is that your under, that is, is that understanding? That is my understanding. Okay. You know, just like a lot of vaccines that we give, the first dose doesn't produce as much you know the first dose is the first time your body has seen this and so you start responding the second dose is a chance for your body to practice more okay we do this with you know pretty much all of the childhood vaccines if you look at the tetanus shot there's several doses that a child will get over their the first two years of life and then they get a booster before they go to kindergarten and then they get a booster when they hit middle school so this is a very common concept that we need boosters to kind of prime our immune system and and keep us making that so I would not be surprised if we end up needing to do something like that with Mm -hmm. this vaccine we don't know yet but uh, that's certainly something that's very consistent with the history of vaccines we'll Mm -hmm. find out as time goes by but the three vaccines that are currently furthest along in development all require a booster at Uh, time determined by which individual vaccine that you get. Okay. Well, we need to go to our first break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with your medical questions you would like to ask Dr. Johnston. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. If you have diabetes, these lifestyle changes can help lower your risk for heart disease. Follow a healthy diet. Eat more fresh fruits and vegetables, lean protein, and whole grain. Aim for a healthy weight. If you're overweight, even losing a modest amount of weight can lower your triglycerides and blood sugar. Get physical activity. Try to get at least 150 minutes per week of moderate intensity physical activity, such as brisk walking. Manage your ABCs. A, your A1C test. B, keep your blood pressure below 140 over 90. And C, control your cholesterol levels. S stands for stop smoking or don't start. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Call your provider with questions or to set up an appointment, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Deb Johnston is here to discuss your medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. Before the break, we were talking about um, the new COVID-19 vaccines and how exciting it is that um, some individuals are starting to get those already, so that's wonderful. We had a caller asking if someone tested positive for COVID a few weeks ago and comes to visit, can they still pass it on? So typically we think that people who have COVID-19 are contagious for about 10 days. 
So if they had COVID-19, if their symptoms started more than 10 days ago, they are probably at low risk to pass it on, very low risk to pass it on. There are some exceptions to that, people who have immune systems that aren't very strong uh, or people that had severe COVID-19 disease. For example, they ended up in the hospital or even more so they ended up in the intensive care unit. They may be contagious for as long as 21 days. So it is probably likely that this person is not likely to pass it on. Um, you do, however, have to recognize that it's not 100% safe. You know, they may have been in contact with someone. It may be on their clothing. You know, we don't worry as much about what we call formites. So um, the vaccine or the not the vaccine, <laughs> the vaccines on my mind, yes, apparently, yes. but the virus in the environment, you know, on surfaces, as we did at the beginning of, of the outbreak, because it really seems to be more of an airborne vaccine. But just recognize that people coming into contact with people outside of your immediate bubble presents a risk. You are susceptible to anyone that they have come into contact with. So you just need to be very careful. And I would really encourage people to keep gathering small, really think hard about not getting together with extended family this Christmas. I know it's hard. It's been that way for my family too. But the light is at the end of the tunnel, people. If we, we just need to be very careful until we can get enough people vaccinated and then we're going to be able to to get together again and not worry that you're going to kill grandma. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We had another question um, about the vaccine saying, how long will the vaccination last? Um, or how long are you covered? Will it give you protection if you've had it? And how long is your immunity? So maybe we'll break okay. that up a little bit. How long will the how long do we expect the vaccination to last? We don't know. Okay, so <laughs> that's it's mm -hmm. such a disappointing answer. Mm -hmm. I I I know that, um, but we just have not had enough people who had the vaccine long enough ago to be able to say so we can say right now it looks really good for six to nine months mm -hmm. um but i i can't say for longer than that got it and then the question was if you've had it now i'm not sure if they are meaning the um vaccination or covid19 so let's talk about both so if you've had the vaccination how long is your immunity well that's kind of what yep. you just answered we don't really know but if you've had COVID-19, if you've actually been sick with COVID-19 or had tested yep. positive for yep. COVID-19, how long is your immunity? So that too is something that we're not really sure about because mm -hmm. again, you know, it's only been about a year since the first people were recognized as having COVID-19 over in China. So it is probably, we think that you're probably quote unquote safe from a new infection for at least three months. Uh, we have seen people who have come down with it twice and they've been able to, to do genetic analysis and say, no, this is a, a slightly different virus. So it does not look like this is probably just a reawakening or reactivation of virus that was in their system. So, but it, it's not very common. Okay. So we act under the assumption that people are safe, safe, quote unquote, for three months. Um, but we don't know for how much longer for sure. We are recommending that people who have had COVID-19 still get the vaccine. Um, we 
you know, because of that issue, we mm-hmm. think that you may get additional benefit from that. The only restriction is that they are asking that people be out of their uh, infectious period in order to help protect the people that are oh. giving the vaccine. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you get it, we would want to wait at least 10 days so that you are no longer contagious to to those workers giving you the vaccine. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I do know that some people are saying, well, we've got such limited vaccine. I've had it. I've got some immunity. I'm going to give my place in line to somebody who doesn't have that protection. And that's not an unreasonable position to have. Um, I definitely would recommend that those individuals still get their vaccine at some point. But if they want to give their dose to someone who hasn't had it yet, I think that's a very... Mm-hmm. A very reasonable decision to make. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a lot to understand and figure out. And so if people have questions about what to do, is it best to just call the clinic it's, and it's, talk that through? It's certainly okay to okay. contact the clinic, send a portal message, you know, make an appointment with your provider. It'd be a great video visit. But the other thing, Avera has a, um, a website that's set up to kind of answer a lot of questions about the vaccine. Okay. So uh, that is available on, on the Avera website. There's a lot of information about COVID-19 that you can go, and you may find that your questions are answered quite easily there. So um, there's a lot of good resources out there. Avera, I'm sure Sanford has something similar. Um, the CDC has something similar on their website. Uh, there's a lot of good information out there. Don't don't go by, you know, Cousin Joe's Facebook post. Cousin Joe may not have any any actual virology knowledge or immunology knowledge or anything like that. There's a lot of misinformation out there about vaccines in general, but particularly about this vaccine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so go to a reputable scientific website. I'm sure Mayo Clinic has something like that. The University of Minnesota, there's a lot of of good, accurate resources by people who make their lives and their livelihood and have spent their lives studying this. So make sure that you're getting good information and not, you know, anybody with a public media microphone. Right. Good reminder for all of us. Check our sources. Yes, check check your sources. sources It's good advice no matter what you're looking at. Check your sources. (laughs) Right. And then real quick before we go to our next break, a reminder about flu shots. We should still be getting those. Absolutely. The flu shot is is really important. You know, every year we see a lot of influenza. This year when so many of our hospital resources are occupied with COVID-19 patients, we really need everybody to help and do what you can and reduce the amount of influenza in the community so that we have less need for those resources to be dedicated to influenza so that we have room for people who have heart attacks and car accidents and all the other things that happen to us all throughout the year. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, we need to take our second break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical concerns you would like us to address. Prairie Doc programs are available as a podcast. Just look for Prairie Doc wherever you get your podcast. Today's program will be added to the podcast soon. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Did you know that breast cancer death rates have declined 40% 
from 1989 to 2016 among women. The progress is attributed to the improvement in early detection. Breast cancer is most common in women, but can also be found in men. Anyone who notices changes in the breasts, such as skin texture, tenderness, lumps, or discharge, should be examined by their provider. Women are encouraged to have a mammogram every one to two years, starting at age 40. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Please talk with your provider about your breast health and other health concerns by calling the Avera Medical Group Brookings at 605-697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Deb Johnston is here to answer your medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. Our Prairie Doc topic this week is genetics, making sense of the code. Dr. Johnston, can we start with a review of how genetics work and what we've learned about genetics in recent years? Oh, that's a great, it's a great topic. And actually, I was just thinking about how it relates to the idea of our new COVID vaccine. But anyway, let's yes. let's do a brief review of Genetics 101. So um, in humans, we are all half, we get half of our DNA, half of our genetics from our mother, half of our genetics from our father. Uh, there are, you know, exciting and new uh, techniques to consider that may be able to help replace some um, DNA, particularly like our mitochondrial DNA, uh, and involve a third person. But that's that's neither here nor there. The basics of genetics are that we get half of our DNA from each parent. And our DNA encodes for everything about us. So it will determine our eye color and our hair color and whether our hair is curly or straight and whether we're tall or short. Obviously, there's a lot of environmental influences that determine both how those genes work and also influence that. My weight is determined somewhat by my genetics and a lot about my environment and a lot about the choices I make. Um, and somebody's height is going to be determined. Your potential is determined by your genetics, but how, how tall you actually get is in large part determined by the environment where you grow up. Uh, our mental health, we know, has a lot to do with our genetic risk factors and then the environment that we experience. So um, one of my partners likes to say that, that genetics loads the gun and the environment pulls the trigger. So we're all a combination of that, but the genetics comes down to being extremely important. So we all have this DNA that we got from both parents that lives in the nucleus in the heart of our cell and our bodies use that DNA to um, as a blueprint, as a, a instruction set to determine all the things that our body needs to do and how well it does that. Um, so if there are miscodes 
in that DNA, if there is a, a difference between yours and mine, maybe that's something as um, innocuous as, gee, I have blue eyes and you have brown eyes. Um, and maybe it's something more serious, like I have hemoglobin that works normally and you have hemoglobin that doesn't work normally, so you have sickle cell disease. Maybe I have normal um, instructions for certain proteins in the lungs or the way that the the brush cells in our respiratory system work. So uh, I have quote unquote normal lungs and you have cystic fibrosis. So we have all kinds of um, proteins and substances and everything that our body makes and Sometimes my copy doesn't work as well as your copy. Uh, sometimes we're able to identify a particular disease that's caused by one gene. Unfortunately, like so much, it's just not that simple because there are so many thousands, hundreds and thousands of genes that all influence the picture. So maybe... I have um, a handful of genes that give me an advantage in a particular area. You have a handful that give you an advantage in a slightly different way. So a lot of our genetics, there are multiple factors that play a role, multiple genes that influence things. So it's a, it's a fascinating topic. Interestingly, because, you know, I love to talk about vaccines, when we look at that COVID-19 vaccine, um, the COVID-19 vaccine is different from a lot of the vaccines, most of the vaccines that we're familiar with, because instead of giving us a bit of COVID-19 or a weakened version of COVID-19 for our immune system to use to practice with, this vaccine, in a way, takes advantage of our own body's DNA. So normally in a person's body, the cell will go into the nucleus and it will find whatever bit, whatever gene it wants to use, and it will make a transcription, it will make a copy of that blueprint that then goes out into the cell and the, the cell uses that copy as the direct pattern that it makes whatever it's making for. So it makes the protein based on that, what we call messenger RNA. So the messenger RNA is a sort of um, negative of the DNA that then your system uses to make whatever it was that it wanted to make. So with this new vaccine, it's actually a little bit of messenger RNA that gets into your cell and then your cell says, oh, I'm supposed to make a copy of this. And what this is in this case is the spike protein on that COVID vac virus. Mm -hmm. So basically this vaccine is utilizing your own cell's system to make copies of that spike protein that then your body recognizes as something that's not supposed to be there and your body is taught to attack that spike protein. 
So then that messenger RNA, just like all of us with all of our messenger RNA that our bodies are making over and over and over again, gets destroyed after some period of time, perhaps as long as 12 hours, so it's not there very long. And then all the copies, all the little spike proteins are there until your body has learned to destroy them or use them up. And then the machinery that your body made in order to learn to attack that is left behind. So our DNA is is useful in so many ways, and this is just the latest way that we are learning to to use this. This is an old well, not old because nothing in modern medicine is all that old, but this is an established technique. We have used this technique to help people with cancer, for example, to learn to uh, tra- use their immune system to try to attack and treat their cancer. So this is not a new technique. It's an application that we've not gotten to this point before, although it was certainly under research to use messenger RNA in this way for a long time before the COVID-19 pandemic hit and it became a crisis. Uh, It's nice because it's something that we can ramp up and, and make this vaccine a lot faster, just physically make the vaccine that's gonna go into my arm tomorrow a lot faster than we can make traditional vaccines. So that's just a very exciting thing. And I think it's going to be a very exciting show tomorrow. I think uh, this is such a new cutting edge uh, technology. And I think that we will, um, you know, I think when they launched the Human Genome Project 20 years ago or so, uh, 20 or 30 years ago, we were really excited that this would absolutely revolutionize medicine. And in some ways it has, and in other ways we've discovered it's just not that simple. And um, we're not at the point where we're getting individualized genetic medicine to the degree that I think we all hoped we would. Um, but we know a lot more and we're learning more all the time. Absolutely. Well, it's time for us to go to our final break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio. And we will return following this message from Avera Medical Group. It's time to get your flu shot. The influenza virus is a seasonal illness that changes every year. That is why the CDC recommends a new flu shot each year for everyone over six months of age. Now is the time to get your 2020 vaccine. It is especially important to receive the vaccine this year while we are in the midst of the COVID pandemic. The flu vaccine, along with good hand washing, mask use, and social distance will help you from getting and spreading influenza and COVID. Vaccines are available at your provider's office as well as many area pharmacies. Please make it a priority to get your flu shot soon. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Deb Johnston is here to answer our medical questions. We've covered a variety of topics today, including the COVID-19 vaccine um, and immunizations in general, and and now we're talking a little bit about genetics. That's our Prairie Doc topic this week. Um, Dr. Johnston, I know there's some out there direct to consumer home test kits for genetic disease. Tell us a little bit about those, if they're helpful or not, and your thoughts on those. Um, 
You know, I have really mixed feelings about the direct-to-consumer um, genetic test kits. I think that a lot of them are, are not validated um, and try to simplify a not-so-simple topic. Um, I would not definitely rely on, oh, gee, my... My direct-to-consumer test says I do not carry the BRCA gene when everybody else in my family does, uh, so I must be fine. I think you need to have a, a validated reference lab do that. For those who aren't familiar, BRCA is one of the genes that we've identified that's a single gene that greatly affects somebody's risk of certain cancers, particularly breast cancer. Um, so... It, and there's a lot of other genes that we've identified that have that role, but there's a lot of genes that we have not identified. So it's not a GM out of the woods if, if my consumer DNA test tells me yes or no. Um, and you're also not out of the woods if your genetic test done in a verified reference lab tells you that, but that's why you have a genetic counselor to walk you through those things and explain to you what this means for your risk. It's also important to recognize that if my risk, let's say, is 20%, that doesn't mean that I get 20% of a cancer. Mm -hmm. I still either do or I don't. Sure. Um, and if my risk was 20%, but I'm in that 20%, I still have all the same um, issues that anybody else with cancer has. So it, it's a complicated situation, and I am concerned because a lot of, because there is so much that requires that individual personalized um, information. Uh, so look at it as something that's fun. Um, be aware that you may find out things you don't want to know, like, oh, my gosh, I have a half-sister. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Uh, so, you know, there's, it's a buyer beware situation. Do it yeah. for your dog. Think <laughs> twice about doing it for yourself. Okay, very good. It's maybe make sure you follow up or start with conversations with your primary yes. care dog and those genetic counselors that they could connect you with. Yes. Well, it's time for us to wrap up, and this is our final Prairie Doc radio show of 2020. We'll have the next couple of weeks off for the holidays, and then we'll be back in 2021. We just want to thank all of our listeners for your support this year. It's been a big year for yes. all of us. It's been a big year for the Prairie Doc radio program, um, navigating a pandemic um, losing Dr. Holmes, losing Dr. Holmes. and uh, Jones retirement as well here in 2020. So thank you to our listeners for your loyal support um, in 2020. And uh, we're looking forward to 2021 and continuing Dr. Holmes legacy and um, bringing you medical information from our Prairie Doc team of physicians. Please be sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting tomorrow night at 7 p.m. for more on genetics with Dr. Kelly Evans-Hollinger and Dr. Cassie Hajak of Sanford Imagenetics. So learn more about that tomorrow night at 7 p.m. on December 17th. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow The Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube. 
For free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc Library, visit www.prairiedoc.org. And look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Deb Johnston for joining us today. And as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people.